Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Social Life Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peterson. Thanks for being here today. Uh, in episode 83, we hear the stories of Mick Slattery around his world of surfing and running surefire boards in his home waters of Sydney, Australia. Now today, Mick takes us through his time as a Grom, being in the Nipper program, or Junior Lifeguards, out there, moving from the bodyboard to surfboard, leading to hollow barrels and good waves in the Mentawise. We hear of Mick's first sup session way back in 2009, in the early days, that brought him to experimenting with sup shaping and design, which ultimately brought him to building his surefire board company that he runs today. Now, Mick talks philosophy behind his board design and the importance of delivering high quality to his customers. We hear stories of Mick interviewing and surfing with some of the biggest legends in the sport, guys like Kai Lenny and Jerry Lopez. And we get a fun tale of him and, and Laird Hamilton beating up a brand new rental truck in the sand dunes. Now, Mick's Surefire Boards Company is up for an award right now from SupConnect, which is a large uh, you know, online media company around the world of SUP. He is up for Brand of the Year, so I've got a link here. After listening to his podcast, getting a feel for this really good dude, humble, high quality, just a guy of the water. If you feel like it, go throw a vote down to help Surefire Boards become the Brand of the Year. Thanks to everybody for, as always, cutting down the plastic use. Let's keep doing it, picking up some trash and all that. Hope you're getting out having some fun. And now, let's get into the ocean life of Mick Slattery. All right, so Mick Slattery, welcome to the Social Life Podcast. It's great to have you, man. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity, Josh. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of fun stuff that I'm interested in hearing from you. Uh, it's funny, you know, social media is like this... Uh, it's kind of like this double-edged sword. You know, sometimes you kind of hate you have it because you get so sucked into looking at other people's stuff and you, you kind of waste some time. But other times you realize you have these connections. And with you, man, it's funny. Like somehow we, we connected over Facebook. It was like a post or something. And then uh, I said, hey, hey, we should hook up. And then I saw what you're doing and here we are. After digging in, you know, I was looking at your Facebook. I was like, man, this guy looks familiar, you know, somehow. And it turned out we're connected on Instagram, on my personal Instagram account, which I don't use a lot because I'm always on my Ocean Life one. And I was like, dude, I've been like following you for a while. So I kind of knew all, already knew about you. <laughs> ah, no way. Didn't know that. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. So anyway, so I just saw, dude, you, so you just got back from the, with the Telos Island Surf Resort, man. That looks pretty rad. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. We did a, it was actually a boat trip. So um, we booked uh, the Tengeri boat uh there was eight of us that went um and there was four guys with paddle boards and the other four were just surfers i do both so uh i sort of swap between the both depending on the conditions um so i took five short boards and and one paddle board um and we decided there was a big west swell coming so we decided to head up to the Tellos. Uh, a couple of guys had been up there before. I, I never uh, had. And, uh, yeah, really good. I, I like exploring, surfing new breaks. So, um, yeah, we, we ended up surfing 17 different breaks in the 10 days, and I'd only surfed three of them before. So Because oh, wow. uh, we ended up we ended up back in the, the Ments uh, for the last three days because the swell just kept dropping, and so we made the dash back down. Uh, to to pick up some swell, but amazing spot, especially for stand up. Uh, really? It's not as crowded. Uh, the waves are a little bit softer mm-hmm. um, because it's it's it gradually gets shallow, so the waves don't have as much punch as the ments, and uh, obviously you don't get 
so many frothers yeah. out there. You sort of get the the older <laughs> the older crew, and there's not that many land camps there either. So yeah. we uh, we we had an amazing surf guide who you know did everything in his power to get us uncrowded waves, and um, you know if we ever did rock up to where there was another boat, he'd get on the blower to the other surf guide and they'd have a quick chat and he would uh you know say oh you know we only just got out so our guide would say oh look give them an hour and a half two hours let them have their fill and then we'll jump in and they'll get out and so just worked really well um so yeah yeah, really recommend the tellos yeah. yeah, man, I've been scoping it out, and I it just kind of randomly, you know, they pop up like ads to go out there, and I've just been looking, and then I saw your trip, and yeah, I had to hear about it. And so, what was the name of the boat again? You guys took uh, Tangeri. Tangeri, uh, pretty good boat, um, but it's it's really it comes down to your surf guide. Uh, mm. You know, if your if your surf guide's a bit lazy, there was when we we're at Burger World, we we when we we're back in the Mentawise, we. We were crisscrossing all over the place trying to trying to find the best waves and we're talking to a couple of guys in the surf and they'd been sitting there for three days and the, oh. the surf guide and the captain were just like, nah, this is the best waves here. And it's like, nah, you know, you, you can score some other place. So, yeah, yeah, it really, really depends on on who you get. Yeah, man, solid. And so, as you mentioned, you were, you, you like, uh, you cross train, man. So you're, you cross surf, so to speak. I mean, you're, you're on prone, normal, you know, regular surfing and then you're all also SCP surfing. And so when you're out there, were you doing both? Yeah, I um I started I was pretty big the first day, so I was just shortboarding. Uh and then the afternoon we're at a place called Monkeys and that was just super fun for paddleboarding. Um so I jumped on the paddleboard and had a few few sessions over the next couple of days. But we're at a at a break called uh kindergartens, I think. Mm. And um it was quite a solid wave and some sets of the day came through. I paddled for the first one and missed it. Swung around and just saw just bombs coming towards me and scratched over the first two. And yeah. then the third one just just annihilated, like <laughs> basically about to break on my head. So um, I tried to duck dive. I, w- I went down to prone, tried to duck dive my paddleboard and had yeah. no chance. <laughs> oh, got clipped, huh? Yeah, went over the falls and creased, just slightly creased the board, but it, it put it out of action for the rest of the trip. It was, it's an easy repair. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I didn't want to risk snapping it totally in two. So uh, unfortunately, I just had to short board the rest of the time, but that was fine. I, yeah. I that. yeah, man. And I mean, that's kind of your roots, right? I mean, coming from to where you are today, back from, you know, prone surfing way back in the day so so it's kind of dive in there a little bit you know because i'd love to kind of hear because what I, what's really interesting to me about you in many different regards is you you didn't make a transition to sup you made an adoption of sup with your regular prone surfing and that at least in my area in santa cruz and a lot of folks i was actually kind of thinking there's not a lot of people i know who kind of excel at both and so i'm really curious so so start back with this, your, your roots of surfing back in the day and everything you know because you got a really rich history of, of surfing so Rewind maybe all the way, man. So where you grew up? Yeah, sweet. What, um, grew up in, what were you doing and all that? Yeah, cool. Just uh, grew up in Sydney, um, probably about 20 minutes from the beach uh, and did, you know, the nippers, which is the junior life savers. Mm-hmm. Um, so did that as a, as a kid um, and used to bodyboard. I, I used to surf on, on holidays um, down the coast, but just 
like generally on weekends I would bodyboard uh, up until probably 12 or 13. So I was a bit of a late adopter to um, surfing. But, um, yeah, picked that up pretty quick and just went from there. Um, so I'm sort of in between where I live now. I'm in between sort of Cronulla and the south coast. So I would sort of go between the both, depending on the swell. And um, so it's just – and we've got a national park right near us as well. Wow. So I've got, I've got so many options. There's amazing reef breaks um, out of Cronulla and then, yeah, amazing reefs and coves down the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess I was lucky in another sense that one of my mates had a, a little tinny and we both hated crowds. So even yeah. as a, like 13, 14-year-old, we'd actually like go out the heads of Botany Bay and search for – like uncrowded ways along no among way. the cliffs and that. So, yeah, and we used to just push one another. He he was crazier than I was, and uh, we used to just push one another and um, you know surf crazier and crazier waves. So, um, I'm not yeah I'm not scared of reefs and anything like that. It was just we sort of grew up on it. So yeah. Uh, and then so did you kind of make a, a competitive career out of it? Were you surfing competitively? No, no, I'm not that good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we just. Uh, I didn't really even do any competitions in in surfing. It wasn't until I got into stand up that I started doing the competitions. Um, so that was a that was a big learning curve for me trying to work out how to competition surf because you know you just want to go out there and bust everything you can, and it's not the smartest when you're in a competition. That's for sure. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. You got to figure out your strategy and everything. Very different than just kind of going out and having a surf for fun and like you said, trying to get any wave you know, that, that comes your way. But, you know, I also saw, like, you know, reason why I asked about the competition thing, because, I mean, just looking at some of the trips, I think there's, like, some shots of you in the in the mental ways from, I don't know, 2010, man, and you're just getting absolutely barreled and everything. So it looks like you've been doing some traveling and just spent a lot of time, you know, around, at least in that area, in Indo and everything, you know, chasing waves, too. Yeah, traveled a lot through Indonesia throughout the, throughout the years. Um, and, yeah, just I love getting barreled. It's one of the... I mean, that's the ultimate, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah big, big hollow waves is, is uh, what I love to surf. And, um, yeah, as I said, we've got a lot of breaks around where I live that are nice and hollow. So, uh, yeah, and um, obviously that – so I got into stand-up probably around 2009, uh, and that was – we had a summer of tiny waves. And I'd been wanting to get into it for a few years, but they, they weren't really – available in australia mm-hmm. there was a few guys around selling them but but not really yeah. and um yeah i basically just wanted to i i just love getting out there i don't mind if i body surf or ride a longboard or a shortboard or you know a twinny i just i, w- I want to be on the correct equipment for what's going to give me the most fun yeah um and yeah it's uh yeah that was the reason i got into it right um quickly realized that uh they weren't really designed for surfing um they were just big and heavy and just you know the first i still remember my first attempt at a floater it was only probably a knee-high wave and i went up and looked down and went nah just flick the board out and you know um (laughs) so then basically just used all my uh shortboard shaping knowledge to to start shaping and designing my own and um yeah sort of took off yeah yeah awesome man so then as a kid and stuff or even maybe as a young adult so you were 
already shaping your own boards? Is that just kind of for fun or were you kind of getting, making yeah. a little bit of a business out of, of shaping? Uh, mostly just for fun. Um, I was shaping for mates and stuff like that. Um, but I'd, I'd always hung around shapers and I always wanted to, to shape, but everyone said there's no money in it, which is probably correct. But, um, <laughs> it, uh, you know, I just, I just wanted to learn. And, and at the time, none of the shapers were actually giving me the boards I wanted. So I, you just sort of know, well, I just sort of knew what, you know, what boards might be like. The, the nose isn't wide enough. You need to, you know, increase the, the thickness from the, the centre up to the nose. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's never in the water. I'm like, yeah, that's what, I, you know, I know that's what I need for my style of surfing. And, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't until I started shaping my own and I'm like, you know, you dial it in and, and you know, what, what, once you start riding your own boards, it's, you know, you'll never get it back. So. Yeah, yeah. So how was that, man? So you, you, you kind of, you basically find SUP, you have a flat spell, you're, you, it's, the waves are small, you jump on a big tanker board, which back in 2009, that's pretty much, like you mentioned, that's what they, that's what they were, right? And then got a little yeah. bit, you know, you wanted something more, so you started making your own. So how was that sort of first... You know, and it's it's fun to talk to any shaper who who starts to shape new craft. Like I have friends who shape prone paddle boards, who've done surfboards. It's just it's different, right? It's still a craft in the water, but there's a different design. And same with the SUP from surfing, it's similar, but the lines are different. It's wider, thicker, longer, and it's just a different kind of dimensional, you know, thing. So how was your head? Did you go through a few different designs or shapes until you got something that kind of worked for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, the the first couple I made obviously went a lot better than anything else um but a lot of guys were saying oh you should just blow up a surfboard but i knew you know the volume distribution's totally different because you're standing on it and you've got to yeah. balance and so they sort of that they've they came down in refinement so to start with you know i shaped a nine six um and then dropped down to an eight eight and then just kept refining them from there and working on all the rockers and so um the rocker sort of changed from a single stage rocker to a three stage rocker, which is what um, a lot of my boards are that are sort of under the nine foot. Um, just a bit more flatter through the center, so a bit more paddle speed um, and also on fatter sections of the waves uh, and then sort of tweak up it at either end. Um, mm, but I always were using uh, like a single concave through to a V double. Uh, all the brands that were on the market at the time was sort of running the V from the tail all the way up through the center. And it just made them really unstable and, and it didn't make sense to me. So yeah, I just started doing my own thing and then experimenting with a heap of different materials because yeah. I, I wanted them, I wanted them to, to be, you know, light, strong, but also flex. Um, and a lot of brands were doing, you know, the brush carbon and stuff. Right you know, around 2013, 2014. But to me, they just, they were too stiff. They just, they surf like an ironing board. So uh, I I sort of hooked up with a, a fiberglass manufacturer that does a lot of composite materials. And they were throwing me sort of samples of different stuff and leftovers. And so I'd glass a bunch of boards in them and, you know, they'd be light and strong, but they wouldn't flex enough. And so we went through a whole bunch of different materials trying to find the right layups and, 
and all that. So, yeah, I use a lot of Anegra now. Uh, I just oh. find that really has a lot of kinetic flex and, and that pop. So once you, you sort of go through a turn, the whole board will, will flex through the, the center. I use a uh, carbon tape as a stringer. I don't actually use stringers in them. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, you just get this beautiful flex that, you know, throws you through the turn and they just feel so alive. And um, Anegra actually, uh, the other characteristic is it's almost like a dampener. So where carbon and other harder materials, once there's a bit of chatter on the face, they, they sort of chatter across. Um, the Anegra sort of, I don't know how it does it, but it counteracts that and it's a lot smoother as well. So um, it's really, really hard to work with. It took yeah. a few years to actually work out how to, how to do it properly. But, um, yeah, we're getting some beautiful, light, strong, flex boards. So it's been good. Yeah, solid, man. Yeah, you know, mentioning like the way you're, you mentioned that, I was just this morning as I was drinking my coffee, getting ready to chat, I was just scanning through Facebook on the Surefire uh, Boards Facebook page, and we'll talk about the brand and everything. But there was, I don't know, a small wave, and I think one of your guys was, was like a, maybe a two, three-foot wave, kind of sloppy, you know, honestly. Um, it's like kind of a little windswell, but it was on a 10-foot board you mentioned in the post. But this guy riding it, was snap i mean absolutely snapping this board and it was remarkable you know it's a 10-foot board and the way he was turning it so quick you know and some guys can just do that because they surf just really strong and this guy looked like a strong surfer but you could tell that board was he was flicking it basically you don't really say somebody flicks a 10-foot yeah. board but that's kind of what he was doing you know yeah definitely yeah that um the it's probably the Jayhawk you're talking about, which is yeah, um, that's a really, really refined uh, board um, with a pretty extreme rocker, actually, but it, it goes insane. But, yeah, it was a, a white board with black stripes, maybe. I, um, I'm not sure, but it was anyway. Too, it's, um, I think it was. Ah, okay. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it's, um, yeah the, the material just makes such a difference. And, and um, yeah, I, all, all my... All my designs, uh, yeah, they're quite lively, and the names sort of um, the names sort of represent what they do. So we've got uh, like the vandal, which I sort of say, you know, you can write your name all over the wave, and we've got the yeah. flick knife and the slayer, and you know, so it's all they're all very aggressive sort of names that fit with the the style of surfing for those boards. Yeah. So, so you start messing around kind of in your garage, making an SCP that will work for you. At some point, you like, how'd you make that transition to like, huh, I think I might build a company out of this and then take us through that whole process. I mean, what was that like? Yeah, we, um, it was pretty much in 2009, we set it up. Um, we just kept getting orders for boards and so I was shaping them and so then I was like, okay, now we need. You know, I was using other guys shaping bays and um, and then a lot of people wanted, you know, I was sort of the, the go-to guy um, and doing a custom in Australia is just too expensive for an entry-level board. Yeah. So, um, you know, everyone, a lot of guys were going, oh, I want to get a, I want to get an SUP. And so everyone's going, oh, go see Slats. But obviously they couldn't afford a custom. Uh, so... We went and got some samples done overseas um, and got those and sold them on and and more people wanted them. So we got, you know, another another lot of boards and then I ended up going overseas and, and checking out oh, probably 20 or 30 factories. 
um, and found a, an Australian-owned factory with, uh, run by a Hawaiian shaper glasser um, that I got on really well with. So I've been basically working with, with him ever since and yeah. um, just, just brought more and more in, got them into retailers and uh, just built it from there. That's great, man. So what were you doing like for work prior to building Surefire? Uh, project manager. Got it. So, um, yeah. That's cool because, I mean, you had that sort of organizational like a- approach, right? I mean, building the company is hard. It's like and it's, it's, it, that's a cool blend because like you have the shaping skills, the knowledge of writing the craft, which is like, you know, a big part of it. But there's re- a lot of really good shapers and people who can make things that kind of struggle with the other side of it which is geez how do i like organize (laughs) to a point where i could actually pump these things out you know and get them into stores and actually build a business so you're kind of already teed up man and ready to go yeah yeah it's uh it's it's pretty crazy um it it was good but for the organization that's for sure but had to learn sales pretty quick yeah and uh still still learning that side of the business it's pretty hard <laughs> i bet man so so you, you create surefire boards you start with scp but now i mean at what point did you also then start adding surfboards to that line and nav also just saw man a foil board in there so how did you you're continuing to evolve sort of your line of boards yeah, well, um, the surfboards came at the same time. So um, I'd already done a, a, a whole line of surfboards um, that I was sort of shaping. And so, yeah, we just brought brought those in at the same time. Um, I, I've never done surfboard manufacturing overseas. It's always just customs in Australia. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, I think I've got 11 models, um, which, you know, if I was to go get five different sizes of each, you know, of 11 yeah. different models. It's just, it's just too much. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and, and, you know, someone will say, oh, you've got a five, six, I wanted a five, five, or you know what I mean? So, yep. uh, cut custom surfboards just make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do them quite at a quite reasonable price in Australia. So that, that was fine. Um, the, yeah, with the foil boarding, uh, we got into that pretty early. I've actually, we actually designed uh, with a Hawaiian guy a uh, bunch of foils, actual foils, uh, oh, wow. and we got them. Yeah, we've been doing that for a year and a half now. We haven't brought them to market yet. We've tested, like we'll get the prototypes made, and they're all carbon, so they're not aluminium shafts or yeah. anything or fuselages. It's just 100% carbon. Um, but I like everything to be 100% before I bring it to market. Cool. So we're We've tested them and they go, like, the feedback is they go good, but, you know, the, the sections where they join might not be as, you know, as strong as I want. Or Yeah. So um, the first foil we did was probably a little bit advanced. Um, it was the guys that were sort of doing it with were, were very good at foiling. But the entry guys, they were struggling a bit. It was just yeah. too too advanced for them so yep. you know there's, there's really no point bringing that out um you know so then we we've gone back to the drawing board and uh we're doing our third prototype at the moment so ah that's cool man so in your area um how what is foiling looking like i mean are a lot of guys and gals getting on foil boards is it slowly starting or what's it like yeah it's slow there's a big scene uh over northern beaches of sydney yeah, and um, down south, it's starting to take off. 
Um, but it's still, you still get guys like paddling out into a crowded lineup trying it, and it's just yeah, doesn't not, work. You know, it doesn't work. So there's still a lot of education to, uh, you know, that people need to to get. Yeah, but um, it is definitely taken off a lot more. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, man. The education thing. It's you. You said it really well, and and that's ex- exactly what we're going through here in Santa Cruz, which is, I mean, it's actually a really fascinating thing to watch because here, um, there's a lot of kelp in the water. And so there's a, while there's a lot of waves, there's a lot of kelp. And so it's pretty limited spots where you can actually foil, um, without driving, you know, 45 minutes. And if you're in town, you just want to go two minutes down the road. So yeah. there's a couple spots, the ones just down the street for me and it's sand and it's perfect, but it's been really, really fascinating. Honestly, in the last, uh, 18 months to see like one person foiling and everybody's like, well, what is that kind of tripping out on it yeah, yeah. to now it's a longboard break. It's a family spot. You know, we all have those. And now somebody paddles out on a foil and everybody bristles, you know, and everybody and the yeah. in this transition where there was times and there were six guys and I was one of those. Absolutely. You know, because in being, being cautious and cool, staying on the shoulder, staying away. Cause my kids are surfing too. I don't want to hit anybody, but mm-hmm. But back to the education piece, it is really interesting because you've been surfing maybe your whole life. You start foiling and you assume you can just foil like you surf, which is, hey, I'm going to sit in the pack. I'm going to get my waves. It's actually not the way it works <laughs> because those 100%. are dangerous, you know. So that education piece, man, there's been some a lot of issues in the water, a lot of words, a lot of just basically people telling other guys to leave. And it's the crowd is, which is kind of neat to see, it's kind of self-corrected, you know? So now it's not, you don't have to worry about the kids and foils getting ran over because there's just not, they're not out there. So now it's like, which is cool. It's a surfing spot, you know, but it is, I think that's how it works in a lot of places that education has to happen. Yeah. And, and also with, uh, SUP surfing too, we, we, I'm not sure what it was like over there, but you know, we'd get a lot of the, the older crew that may not have ever surfed that can realize they can now get out into the surf. Yep. Uh, so they'd just paddle around everyone and yeah, you know, yep. take every yep. set wave and just mow through people. So again, education's key there yeah. too, you know. So yeah. yeah. So how about then your own? Are you foiling too a little bit here and there? Yeah, yeah. Get out when I get the chance. Um, got a mate with a jet ski we tow in with, and um, we've been sort of trying to tow some of the outer reefs and that just to get away from everyone when it's small. Still, you know, still don't want to do it when it's big yet, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Nice, man. So then kind of back to Surefire as a brand. I mean, there's a lot of big things happening right now for you. I mean, you basically been nominated for brand of the year with SupConnect. That is insane. It is yeah. just, so how, how's that happen? Uh, like, how did that come down? It's just blowing my mind, really. It's, it, it was nearly going to happen last year. Um, so I... I love making videos and sharing content and writing articles and taking photos at events and all that. So I was actually uh, doing videos and taking a lot of photos at last year's state and Australian titles. Yeah. And so I actually wrote up a couple of articles, um, which I have been doing for years anyway, and I, I send them to the magazines and all that. Um, unfortunately, they can't print anything that uh if you're not a advertiser so Mm. they all get sort of knocked back but i just love sharing it and um 
so just basically through video content and talking to the magazines over the years and um yeah i said oh what's this uh you know this sup brand of the year and they said oh you've just missed the cut we we would have put you in i was like oh bugger um so they said oh well next year which is this year they said we'll throw you in um and i think they forgot again and then uh about two weeks into it they they were like oh you know we'll, we'll throw your nomination in so yeah it was i'd sort of forgotten about it as well so it was yeah it was unreal to get that email saying we've been nominated yeah and um we're actually at the moment coming third i think there's 29 brands in it yeah um and yeah we just i just basically put it on facebook and instagram and and it's gone pretty nuts everyone's supporting it so yeah absolutely stoked that's awesome i was yeah checking it out yesterday it's a long list and some like heavyweight names i mean like big names that have been around for a long time you know and you're like i was noticing the votes you have man you're right there you know that that's cool for i'm gonna plug it right now so everybody listening i'll put a link in the show notes and if not and if you don't you don't see the show notes go 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 to the surefire facebook page and then you'll see a link for the SubConnect brand of the year and go go throw a vote down. <laughs> yeah, right now. man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but kind of, and that's cool, man. I, yeah, that'd be, that'd be insane to get that. But just to be recognized, you know, I think that's just, like you mentioned, that's insane to itself and just the, the, just the awareness that people will have of, of the board you're, you're making, just what you're trying to do, which is put people on the right craft for you know, what they're doing. Um, but I guess, you know, the other part is I was, I was thinking about like you've been part of SUPs. You mentioned you first saw it in 2009. You started a brand almost 10 years ago now. I mean, you've seen the industry do some crazy stuff, right? I mean, it just got massive and then it contracted and brands came and they went and there was prize money and there's not. I mean, it's a crazy thing to kind of watch and I'm not steeped in it. I've just, you know, interacted with enough brands here in California, a little bit in Hawaii to kind of have watched it. But I mean, how are you as a brand kind of working through like the flooding of really cheap boards in the market and just all the crazy up and down of the industry? Yeah, well, it, it's, I guess, because, you know, we're just a, a small family company that we've been able to retract and, you know, tighten the belt and go out and react to the market and do different things um, it, it quite quickly. Um, I won't lie, the, the influx of cheap boards did really affect us, um, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I, I could go to a cheap factory and use cheap materials and bring out a cheap board too, but I'm not interested in that, you know. I want my right. boards to last. I, you know, all the materials we use are top-notch, um, you know, our quality's amazing, and, you know, I don't want a board to fall apart. That's yeah. just, you know, so we, I've just... I just went the other way and concentrated on customs and making sure the materials were good. And, you know, a lot of shops then started asking for consignment and, you know, they wanted us to bankroll everything and all that. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm just not interested in that. It's like, if you want my products, you want them. If you're not, you know, I'm not going to yeah. stick 15 boards in there and then you go bankrupt and I lose, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I guess being small enough to be able to, to cope with all that's been a, a blessing uh if you were too big you know and that's always been uh a concern of mine is growing too big too quick we've had 
you know, even four years ago, we had interest from overseas trying to get us to have distributors over there and all that. And, you know, I've, I, I didn't do it because I, you know, I still wanted to sleep at night. Yeah. So, we've just, <laughs> you know, we've just been very mindful of, of growing it slowly. And, you know, it, it's worked. You know, people know us around the world and it's almost more exclusive now that, we haven't just flooded the market with a bunch of boards. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a great approach. Yeah. That's really, that's a cool approach, man. And, and I think, you know, what I, I mean, I don't know much, but my gut call after watching just kind of the, I don't know, the evolution of both the SUP industry, but also the surf industry, which is the same thing. There's, you know, there's cheap boards you can buy off the shelf from a factory and they'll break in eight months. But it's like, I think people are well, and while there's, there will always be a market for really cheap stuff that's never going to go away. It does feel like, as people start to maybe they start with the cheap stuff because they're new to the sport, so you want to get in kind of cheap. And then once you grow, if you continue to be in that sport, and I think surfing and SUP is the same, is you start to realize the quality and then also just the performance factor of your gear. And there's and you realize, oh geez, you know what? There's better stuff out there. It's a little bit more of an investment. But when you see things flooded the market, like you're saying, it kind of has, this is my perspective, this kind of perception that it's cheap because it's everywhere. And it probably is, you know. And so I, I do see it feels like more people are kind of gravitating back towards the more niche, not mom and pop, but, you know, family run, small, but semi-exclusive type of stuff because they know it's quality. It'll last them longer. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what we've we've found, and and you know my approach has always been, I'll let them go get a cheap board to start with. I'll be their second or third board. Yeah, that's so right. that's you know, right. and then they sort of know what they want then, um, yep. and they actually realise you know the benefits of of having the right board, and you know most people that buy one that are into the surfing will come back buy two, three, you know they'll buy a ten foot Jayhawk and they'll buy yeah. a you know, they generally start on a degenerate, which is a 32 wide um, that gets them in there. And then, you know, they progress down. So I'm finding the loyalty is really strong. It's sure yeah. which is which is great. Yeah, man, that's cool. And that's a testament to, you know, the quality of your of your work and the performance. And it keeps people happy. And just, you know, probably there's an element of just, you know, service too, you know. Um, so then for you yourself, Mick, I mean, inspirations that you may have uh in the scp world whether it's your own running your company or just your own surfing or paddling i mean who, who are the folks out there that you kind of get inspired by in the scp world um i love competing and the the guys i'm inspired by for uh scp surfing are, are pretty much the local guys yeah um you know kai bates um Harry Maskell, Justin Holland, James Casey, you know, I compete against these guys and I just, it blows my mind what they can do on a wave. Yeah. Um, you know, video doesn't really do justice. So, and there's not that many, you know, good subsurfing videos out there. Right. So, you know, obviously guys like Kai Lenny, Mo Freitas, Laird, um, you know, there's a Brazilian guy, Luis Denise, really love. He's really explosive. Love watching him and Anthony Maltese from the States. So there is guys that I love watching if they, they release videos. But, yeah, there's not that much out there. So generally I get inspired by 
by some of the local rippers. Yeah, yeah, that's great, man. It's fun. It's fun to have a community around you in your in your neck of the woods with people pushing it that you can be inspired by. You know, it's. I mean, it's like when you're in an area like that, like where you are in Santa Cruz, is the same. There's a lot of innovation, progression, and a lot of different sports in the water. You know, it's pretty. You're pretty lucky to have that. You know, for sure. Yeah. So then, you know, you mentioned, you know, you part of your what you also like to do is like, like you said, create content, you know, in in video and long form like text and stuff like that. And and you mentioned you you've had the opportunity to interact with some absolute heavyweight legends in the world, guys like Jerry Lopez, Kai Lenny, Laird Hamilton, Dave Kalama. Like you've been with these guys, you've been in the water with them. So talk about that. I mean, how did you get a chance to interact with these guys? What did you guys do? And I know you got a you got to tell the story about thrashing cars in the sand dunes with Laird, too. I want to hear that one. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, most of the guys, when they, they come out, obviously, because I'm in the industry, you, you, you hear about it and get the invite. So, you know, um, when Jerry Lopez came out, went, you know, spent probably half a day with him and went paddling and just such a down-to-earth, humble guy. Um, you know, Chuck Patterson... Um, when Kai Lenny came out. So surf with all those guys, Dave Kalama. I used to run a website called Surf for Sanity, which um, oh. I used to do. Uh, it's probably still live, but it, I haven't haven't touched it for about five, six years. But it was yeah. uh, a lot of interviews with, with um, you know, legends of the sport and videos. And I used to share a lot of content. And cool. that went, that was really, that went really good back, you know, about, 2010 but it was right when surefire was taken off and i, I just didn't have yeah. time to do both so yeah I, I sort of let that slip but um uh yeah and led we uh a mate of mine was the australian distributor but he was on the west coast of australia um and because i'm on the east coast he sort of said oh, i do mind being you know the unofficial east coast distributor yeah um so, you know, I used to store all the boards at my factory and distribute them out to all the shops and, and all that. And, um, yeah, so he bought Laird out and I was pretty much the uh, unofficial chaperone. So pick him up <laughs> and, uh, you know, take him to all the media events and, and, and take him surfing. And um, so we basically had a media company following us around as well. So we drove up the coast to... Uh, Trial Bay, which is a couple of hours up the coast for the state titles for the sup surfing. And um, so Laird was going to do a, you know, um, some media events there. So, but he wanted to drive. So we, we went and picked up the car and it had 18 kilometers on the odometer. So <laughs> brand new uh, Toyota Kluger four wheel drive. And um, so, man, that guy's off tap. He is the, like, he is the funniest. <laughs> he's like i'd always seen interviews with him and he just seems so intense you know and um yeah you know, yeah pick him up at the airport he's like what are we gonna do is it fun what are we doing he was just pumped you know <laughs> and um yeah we flew up the coast and and then um the media company said oh there's this cool wreck that you know we'll get you guys to surf we'll get the drones up but to get there you had to drive over you know, these massive sand dunes that go for kilometers and kilometers so Led just put his foot down and was doing like airs over, you know. He no was way. launching this car, <laughs> launching it, and it was like nose diving into the sand. It was nearly ripping off the front guards and where they're you going. Know. Oh, we're, you know, we're not getting the money back. Car, yeah. You know? um, but yeah, it was it was hilarious time. Um, yeah, it was good. 
It's good. And so, yeah, I spent, basically spent a whole week with Led. Um, yeah. Got to know him really well. So. Yeah, man, that's cool. That's way cool. It's just neat to interact with people who, like you mentioned, like Jerry Lopez, who's just kind of like a guru, and the other guy, guys like you mentioned a bunch, Chuck Patterson, et cetera, just pushing the water, you know? It's just to hear their stories and just see how they actually see them, like, in the water. It's pretty unique. You know, that's one of my favorite things about uh, going on trips and just – mixing up who i'm in the water with is well you have a your core crew and you love surfing with them and you you recognize their style from like a mile away it is so it's really quite cool to see other styles other ways people who are like top notch best in the world almost you know approach waves and approach certain parts of the wave etc it's just so neat to see that you know oh totally and chuck like you know it was um you know he's a big unit yeah. He was, yeah, he was throwing, it was small waves too, and he was throwing that board around. It was yeah, very impressive to watch. Oh, man, I bet, I bet. So then, and so that's, that's another neat part of your history, man, you'll take with you. So now, kind of fast, not fast forward, but now coming like today, I mean, there's some other neat things you're into while you're running a company. You are having some fun yourself in the water. You're also getting your Brahms, man. You got a family, you got some kids. And you guys looks like, you know, looking at, of course, back to social media, you're doing some pretty fun stuff, you know. Uh, so talk about that, man, your family and how old your kids are and what you guys are doing in the water. Yeah, we've got three kids. Um, got a 14, an 11, and a 9-year-old. Um, so, yeah, we just love going to the beach, love surfing. Um, we dive too, so um with, there's a really cool spot not far from us uh, about an hour's drive down the coast and um all the gray nurse sharks it's a it's a nursery for them and oh, they all cool. just hang there so yeah we'll dive down and, and swim with the sharks and so the kids are uh, very accustomed to to being in the water and and even being around sharks and stuff like that so um yeah it's 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 cool yeah man and so are they is there a nipper program near you guys that the kids do? Yeah, yeah. So they all do nippers. Uh, my oldest has graduated to an actual uh, junior lifeguard now. So nippers sort of cuts out around 14. So, yeah, he's he now wow. does patrols patrols and all that. So Nice. Um, it's good. Yeah. So do they bug you to make them new board, new strange, different boards for them to ride on? <laughs> Well, actually, mate, my, my daughter, who's uh, 11, uh, made her shape one herself. So oh, cool. we, um, yeah, so she she's pumped. She wanted a specific board. So I sort of designed it with her and, and then shaped it with her and, and got a glass. And then she did all the artwork on it and all that. So um, she she loves doing that. She she wants to be a marine biologist and nice. um, study study sharks and all that. But she she's right into art and right into um surfing and um yeah she she does a lot some a lot of videos too so yeah that's cool sweet man it's good You're hanging around as like your social media you know videographer <laughs> and maybe size yeah, well, part-time shaper and stuff get the kids to work <laughs> yeah well, i actually get my oldest son to to do some videoing from time to time too so yeah we keep it all in the family yeah that's cool man it's really neat you guys have that where you know because it's you know at that age, especially, and I got some teenage kids, I know it's like, you know, they start to get interested in other stuff, but it's like, you got to maintain relevance with them and do some stuff they're interested in. And if, if you could do stuff that you're interested in too, the beach or your company and making boards, and it's a way for you all to spend more time together. Cause it's like, 
it's just you know it's hard to find and so that's that's cool you're, you're able to do that yeah definitely yeah it's definitely uh you know i'm just glad everyone loves the loves the ocean that's yeah a, that's an easy easy one really <laughs> yeah i know i know it's a great one too so then this year so we got when is when will the the votes be counted so to speak for the um the subconnect brand of the year is that coming pretty soon uh it says i don't actually know the date but on the website it says winners announced early august so i would imagine uh, probably close voting maybe the end of july nice nice so we'll get again we'll put a link to the that for sure and hope hope that that would be rad to see you come out on top man so beyond that i mean are there any other kind of big things coming any family trips or just with the the brand itself anything uh big plans you got for us this year uh off to fiji at the end of august so um yeah just doing a, a bit of a surf trip with my wife um and yeah for the company um i've got a lot of interesting things happening uh i've I actually design for other brands as well. So I've designed a, a, a range of boards, uh, SUP boards for a Hawaiian brand um, and actually shape boards for a bunch of team riders for other brands as well. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got interest from a, a bunch of overseas countries, Italy, Taiwan, Hawaii. So we're just chasing up those leads at the moment. And um, again, not, not going out too hard just making sure everything yep. you know everything's going to be good and um yeah maybe you know if everything takes off you know might look for an investor or something like that but um cool. again you know it, it's you know i'm very mindful about growing too quick so yeah um, but i mean everything's yeah, set yeah, up man. you know we've got we've got the right manufacturing we've got the right distribution we've got you know everything's set up ready to go but it just has to has to be right you know yeah man no that's awesome man i mean good for you slow and steady and cautious you know that's cool that's why you are that's why you're here today crushing it when a lot of other people probably started the same time you did and have you know <laughs> gone by the by the wayside man so i wish you the best of luck with all that man i oh, appreciate it thank you yeah so nick dan thanks for being on today and taking your time i know you're busy and it's been a lot of fun catching up and uh you know, it's funny. I say this every time I speak to somebody and it's like, I swear I mean it. And it's like, I, I still, I've been like Australia is like me being loving the water and doing all the different things and still haven't been there. And I have all these different, like your spot where you're at. It's like, there's a whole crew of people who I now know from the podcast and from days of paddling. And it's like, man, I swear I'm going to get out there one day when I do, man, if you got a board, I can ride or come, I'd love to have a beer or surf with you, man. <laughs> It'd be great. Anytime, man. The door's always open. <laughs> thanks, man. All right, Mick. Well, hey, thanks again, man. And uh, good luck with Brand of the year voting. We're going to put everybody listening. Go go hit it up right now if it's still open when you hear this. And uh, man, be no would like to see nothing but you crushing that one, man. So good luck. Uh, awesome, man. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. All right. Cheers. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening uh, to another podcast episode. Can't do it without you. And uh, so thrilled to have you here supporting uh, myself and the podcast and all the guests uh, continually. Always appreciate a positive um, rating on your uh, your podcast app, whether it be you know Apple Podcasts, iTunes, 
Spotify, you name it, just helps helps grow the podcast and uh, spread awareness. So thanks for that. And then any uh, social media mentions, always super appreciative. And uh, if you know somebody who you think would be great to have on the podcast to share the, about their ocean life, please hit me up. I'd love to chat with them. Or if you think you'd like to, let me know. Uh, email is josh at thisoceanlife.tv. All right. Thanks, guys.